Welcome to Women on the Line, a community radio national women and gender non-conforming people's current affairs program produced at 3CR Community Radio in Melbourne and broadcast on the Community Radio Network. I'm Emma Hart. Bushfire planning is overwhelming for anybody to start with. And then what generally happens on top of that when you've got you know, some health management concerns and uh, challenges for or for someone with a, a disability or other chronic medical condition to manage. It's just extra things to consider and it can be it can be scary and it can be frightening. Women on the Line acknowledges that this program is produced and presented on the land of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nations and that their sovereignty was never ceded. We acknowledge their elders past, present and becoming as well as the traditional owners of the land on which you're hearing us from. How we prepare for, get through and recover from disasters has sadly become an increasingly pressing question. But the impact of disasters and people's needs in these conditions can be very different according to their circumstances. To address some of these questions, recently DARU, that's the Disability Advocacy Resource Unit, held an online forum on disability and disaster resilience. This week on the program, we speak with Country Fire Authority Project Manager Angela Cook, who spoke at the forum about how the CFA is working to support people with disabilities to prepare for bushfires and new resources for the Preparing Vulnerable People project, which will be launching on the 11th of September. We'll also hear an excerpt from the forum where Angela speaks with Tony, a person with a lived experience of disability who's been instrumental in advocating for change. First, let's hear Angela speaking at Daru's Disability and Disaster Resilience Forum, as introduced by Disability Advocacy Resource Unit Coordinator, Melissa Hale. Hi everyone, so here we are back again for the last presentation before lunch. What are some of the things that are happening in the CFA? The person-centred emergency preparedness framework is being used to inform the Preparing Vulnerable People project at the CFA. The resources that have been developed as a part of the project recognise that people with disability are in their best position to plan for their own safety in the event of a bushfire because they know what they are able to do for themselves and what assistance is needed before, during and after an emergency. Angela Cook will share the details of the project, the current resources available and the plan for trialling the approach over the coming bushfire season. Angela will introduce a person with lived experience, Tony, who will join for the presentation. Please welcome Angela Cook. Hi everyone. First up, I would like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land, the Tanarong people where I live, and pay my respect to Elders, past, present and future, and also pay my respect to Aboriginal science, culture, and land management practices for which we still have so much to learn from. So it's great to be here today as part of the forum, sharing with you a project CFA is working on. We're working on that with other organisations and agencies as well. I've been working at CFA headquarters in community engagement for the past 14 years. Actually, when I was younger, I wanted to be a human rights lawyer for Amnesty International, but the reality of studying law did not actually suit my strengths or my patience. And really, when it came down to it, I just wanted to help people and help people to help themselves. 
So CFA suits my values and desire to work with community in a positive way, to build community resilience and individual resilience and to improve safety. So I'm currently the project manager for the Preparing a Vulnerable People project. And today I thought I would share with you a story. And this story, it, it forms the foundations of the, the house, I suppose you could call it the house we are building with this current project. And at the time, back in 2018, I was working as the Senior Engagement Advisor for CFA, the Country Fire Authority, in charge of program inclusiveness. And the Chief, CFA Chief Officer asked me for some assistance with a response to a letter he had received. The letter received almost exactly two years ago in September 2018, and it was from Tony. Tony explained in the letter her circumstances. She has MS, multiple sclerosis and needs assistance to move about. She described it to me in a later conversation as having a broken body or being broken. In the letter, she described her concerns about bushfire and wanted advice on preparation as she felt she could not leave. I contacted Tony to understand more about her situation. The conversation with Tony over the phone got the cogs turning in my head. How can we at CFA help people like Tony? And what does Tony need so she can help herself? At the time, I was on a working group with DHHS reviewing the vulnerable persons in emergency policy. I had coordinated a submission from CFA about the policy as part of the review process. We were concerned at CFA about the register and what seemed to be a focus on evacuation for people on the register. We are concerned as fast running grass fires and bushfires don't usually allow for evacuation. And this extended to other concerns about what if there were many people to evacuate? And what if these people needed specialised equipment or to be moved or and transported? How is that going to work? And where was the focus on preparedness planning before an emergency? And in my case, before a bushfire and emergency. And now I understand we're not alone in harbouring these concerns. Other individuals, agencies and organisations have similar concerns. And at the same time, I also thought about and still think about CFA's message to leave early. Here's our advice. That's a, a screenshot from one of our publications which is titled Your Guide to Survival, one of our key bushfire safety publications. So basically, CFA advises that the safest option is to leave early on a code red, extreme and severe day. We also state that if you care for children, are older or have a disability, you must leave early. Sounds simple enough. But what if you can't leave? What if you need a lot of support and equipment to leave? What if you can't access transport to leave? What if leaving your house on an extremely hot day could cause more of a risk to your health due to the heat? And what if all of this is really scary and frightening for you? Following on from the forum, I spoke with Angela about the program to find out more. 
my name's Angela Cook and I work at CFA, the Country Fire Authority, in our community engagement team at headquarters, which is actually based in uh, East Burwood when, I, when we're actually allowed to get uh, back there. Now, I am currently the project manager for the Preparing Vulnerable People project. My, um, my substantive position uh, in our community engagement team is the Senior Engagement Advisor for Program Inclusiveness. What is the Preparing Vulnerable People project? In a, I suppose in a, in a nutshell, it is about improving preparedness plans for those people who are at greatest risk. Now, in, when we are defining those people at greatest risk, we're not talking about environmental risk, so whether you're surrounded by a, a forest, but when we're talking about people at greatest risk, we're talking about people that may have a disability, chronic or acute medical condition, or who are older and experiencing factors of vulnerability. They may uh, be quite immobile, unable to uh, respond really to CFA's uh, advice to a bushfire. And they are often receiving day-to-day uh, -day support to live independently. So some potential there to be impacted really differently uh, to other members of the community by circumstances like a bushfire or grass fire. Yeah, that's absolutely right. I noticed that there's a number of components to the program as well as preparedness. Could, could you describe the sort of nuts and bolts of how, how the program works and what will be available to people with disabilities as part of the program? Sure. So what we've decided to do with this project is we've broken it into two main parts, or we have two objectives. The first objective is to build capability in the community and social services sector and also part of the health sector. So this is to build the capability of um, their workforce in helping to support clients or their clients with bushfire planning. So CFA recognises we can't reach everyone, but often um, the people that are supporting those who may be vulnerable in their day-to-day -day, uh, lives may be the ones who can have the conversation about bushfire with those clients living in high-risk areas. So we think this is a really good way to uh, reach people through those service providers or those outreach services that they're accessing. And so this becomes really critical. It's like a, a, almost a partnership, I suppose, between the emergency services sector and the community and social services sector. We need to work together to reach those people who are, who are more vulnerable to bushfire and often house fire as well. Now, so the project has just uh, redesigned and developed a bunch of exciting resources that will be launched on the 11th of September. So these resources are aimed at those community workers that I just mentioned, and there'll be a new e-learning module, which is good at the moment for people to access. Of course, CFA has traditionally delivered this training in a face-to-face -face manner, but now this will be available online for community workers to access. On top of that, there'll be a new guide to support them in understanding uh, bushfire safety and the questions that they might get asked by their clients. Then on top of this, we've also uh, created a, a new bushfire planning template for people with a disability uh, and from that group of people I mentioned earlier who may be more vulnerable. 
And this is to make it a bit easier for them to see what is critical. And for them and, and for people in, in those circumstances, we really need to think about their uh, maybe assistance animals, there may be um, communication devices, assistant, you know, all sorts of um, resources that they use in the home and they need to think about how they can move those or whether they can be moved, what sort of power supply they need. Um, and so this new, the new way of, um, I suppose, helping them plan and prepare for bushfires, thinking about their needs and what their capabilities are. So we're trying to do this in a, in a way that is quite person-centred. So people who are, have a disability or chronic medical condition, like I talked about at the, at the forum, uh, last week with Tony, you know, they are the experts in their lives. They know what cap what their capabilities are, and we need to now mesh that in with how that what that means for planning for a bushfire and really planning to leave and leave their homes. So really trying to allow those two areas of expertise to meet the country fire authorities' expertise in uh, bushfires and grassfires, and then people with disabilities' expertise in their, their own lives. I understand as well this program is based around a person-centred risk assessment. That's sort of the core there. Could you tell us a bit more about that? Sure. I think it's really important that I acknowledge the work from the University of Sydney in their disability um, centre there with Associate Professor Michelle Villeneuve. They have uh, pioneered and come up with the person-centred emergency planning framework. And when I researched what was best practice nationally for engaging with people with a disability around emergency planning, this kept coming up. And the more I read it, the, well, the more I read, the more I really liked it. And so we've been working with Michelle Villeneuve from the uh, University of Sydney to understand how we can utilise this, the framework uh, to inform what we're doing. So it really does take on board the evidence for what works nationally at the moment. And, and it is currently being utilised in New South Wales and Queensland and now Victoria. At the forum, you spoke about Tony's letter and how the project came to life. And we'll also be playing some of your conversation with Tony uh, later in the program. I mean, how have people with disabilities been involved in the design of these resources and in this, in this program? That's a really good question. Lived experience has been critical to, first of all, to the foundations, to the very, I suppose, essence of this project and how it started and how we understood what it's like for people in these situations. I, I use the example with, with and shared Tony's story at, at the forum. She has um, MS, um, but it, it, to the point that she now needs uh, support day to day, 24 hours to live um, independently and has, you know, to move around, mo mobility aids and um, a wheelchair and a hoist to, to move, uh, move about. So, when we're planning for, you know, planning for people in in these sort of situations, yes, definitely they are, they're the experts in their lives and what their needs are. And then we need to combine that with our, I suppose, CFA's expert advice, I suppose, around uh, fire safety. So I don't know if you remember, but it was about 10 years ago, 11 years ago now after the Black Saturday uh, bushfires Royal Commission, but they talked about shared responsibility uh, being a key finding that it's not just, you know, CFA or the fire services role that 
we do definitely play a role, but there is a shared responsibility there with the community or with community service organisations um, to work together so that we can improve, you know, preparedness plans and ultimately the safety of people in these situations. Women on the Line. On community radio around Australia, you're listening to Women on the Line. We're bringing you a discussion on bushfire preparedness for people with disabilities, and you're listening to an interview with Country Fire Authority Project Manager Angela Cook, who spoke recently at the Disability Advocacy Resource Unit's Disability and Disaster Resilience Forum. Let's hear Angela in conversation at the forum with Tony, a person with a lived experience of disability, discussing her bushfire preparedness. Understanding what people need to have lived experience of a disability is critical to the success of this project. This is why experience is super important to this project and to me. We want to be able to enact some positive change and focus on solutions. We need to understand how we can improve preparedness planning for people with a disability. Tony reminded me last week to recognise that we could wake up one day and our world could totally change with an unexpected diagnosis. This is what was Tony's experience. Going from a functional, happy existence as a psychologist advising government and appearing in the Supreme Court to an MS person and then to a widow with MS who is often not even listened to. Her story and experience are a constant reminder and motivator for this project and for that I am very grateful. And because we are lucky enough to have Tony taking part today, I'm going to ask her a few questions before we move on to other questions. Tony, I'll, we'll, we'll just start again for that first question. Um, how would you describe the barriers to your bushfire safety plan, Tony? There are quite a few barriers that you would never think of. Uh, but to start with, I would have to deal with um, the NDIS system, which is quite complex and I'm not sure how it would work in a, a bushfire situation. Um, so that's a major barrier. Then there's the barrier of having transport. So once, uh, once we know that bushfire is looming, what am I going to do to get out of here? Um, and then where will I go? Um, finding appropriate short-term accommodation is tough. It's not like just jumping in the car and going to any accommodation. The accommodation needs to be accessible. So not only do you need to get your wheelchair in there, but I need all of the equipment um, that would enable me to be somewhere else. Um, which brings me to the next idea of relief centres. They are quite overwhelming. So for somebody like me, um, where there is so much noise and hustle and bustle and it can be quite frightening. Um, and also I need to take a support worker with me, uh, which is tough during the bushfire season because all of my support workers are, are living in the same environment. So if the fire is looming, who's to say that 
support workers will want to come with me. So that's a real barrier. And then on top of all of those, what on earth is going to happen with COVID-19? So I think that provides a good list of the barriers. <laughs> that does provide a really good list. And it's the first time we've brought in COVID to that bushfire, um, sort of the double whammy that means and if our advice is to leave and go somewhere else, but going somewhere else could be unsafe because of COVID. I mean, that's just yeah, an extra, extra layer. And for you, Tony, how would you describe your current bushfire plan? Um, well, leaving early, as the advice often is, is very difficult to do. Um, so realistically, I need to stay in my own home. Um, it's set up for me. I've got all of my equipment here. Um, so I don't need to worry about transporting everything to somewhere else, which is um, a big stressor. Um, and also heat is a major issue for me. And many people with MS might agree that um, as soon as you enter introduce heat into the ocean, so you really need to stay somewhere cool. Um, and that led me to thinking, well, how on earth would I stay here if fire is looming? Um, one of the first things that happens is you might lose your power. So then I purchased a generator and the generator would allow me to stay here because I could charge up all of my all of my equipment, so hoists, wheelchairs, everything. Yeah, really, it's all about just identifying what is it that you can control, and working very hard to make sure that your your support is around you, your equipment is around you, and will be working. Um, so that would sum up my bushfire plan at the moment. Thank you, Tony. It really helps to understand what support you need to stay safe in a bushfire, what other people will need in similar situations. And I remember having a conversation with the now former Chief Officer of CFA just saying to me, well, do you just need to get these people out? They just need to leave. And saying, well, it's more complex than that it's 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 harder <laughs> you know, it's not as simple um, and I, I mean I doubt CFA's message will won't you know won't change it'll likely remain the same the safest option is is to leave early but I suppose what what can we do to help people prepare more to think about things like generators like you have so that you have um, the power you will need for um, your assistance equipment and things like that so and to understand I suppose what what you can do which is what you've you've shared with us. That was CFA project manager Angela Cook speaking with Tony who has a lived experience of disability about bushfire preparedness at a forum organised by the Disability Advocacy Resource Unit. To follow on from the conversation about the barriers Tony faces I asked Angela about what she saw as the main challenges for the CFA's program.
I think there are challenges uh, within each of us to our own uh, perceptions and how we see the world if we haven't had a lived experience with disability or know somebody with a disability to see the world through those lens. I think that is a challenge. So if you've got decision makers, uh, you know, making decisions about, you know, evacuating people in really short amounts of time or and, and you're not you're not thinking through that lens or what does that mean for somebody who you know can't leave that quickly and and I, I think that is a challenge that we don't have people who understand or have lived experience with disability sometimes in the emergency management sector making some decisions that are at a at a you know certain levels so I think that's really critical then challenges for the individuals within this system that that we have um, is is tricky and how to get uh, you know how, how do they get assistance um, and, and where to start so if listeners with a disability in Victoria are living in uh, areas of bushfire risk and they want to find out more information or contact the program what's the best thing for them to do they can jump onto CFA's website uh, www.cfa.vic.gov.au uh, and there's gosh there's a wealth of information there uh, for community workers they simply put uh, slash workers um, so www.cfa.vic.gov.au slash workers and they will land on the page with all the new resources the CFA is a Victorian agency but if listeners are further afield and uh I interested in this as well. What would, do you have any advice for them? Absolutely. The number one place to go would be to go to the website that Michelle Villeneuve has set up, which is called Collaborating for Inclusion, the number four, uh, www.collaboratingnumber4forinclusion.org, uh, I think it is, um, and they can just Google that and the person-centred emergency preparedness approach it'll it'll come up there's videos on that site and there's uh, tools and resources for people and I think that is a super site I think it's uh, they're fantastic resources and it's what we at CFA have been using to uh, to develop our project here in Victoria. That was Country Fire Authority Project Manager Angela Cook speaking about bushfire preparedness for people with disabilities following a recent Disability and Disaster Resilience Forum organised by the Disability Advocacy Resource Unit. For more information and full recordings of the forum, visit daru.org.au or search Daru, that's D-A-R-U, Disability and Disaster Resilience. And that's all for Women on the Line today. Women on the Line is a community radio national women and gender non-conforming people's current affairs program. This program was produced and presented under Stage 4 pandemic lockdown from my home in Melbourne with the amazing support of 3CR staff. So a big thank you to them. Women on the Line is broadcast across Australia on the Community Radio Network and we greatly appreciate financial support from the Community Broadcasting Foundation. We welcome your comments or thoughts on today's show, so send us an email to womenontheline at gmail.com or find 3CR on 03 9419 If you'd like more information about today's program or to listen to the show again, you can find what you need on the Women on the Line website, 3cr.org.au forward slash womenontheline. 
The theme music for Women on the Line is by Ripley Kavara. I'm Emma Hart. Hope you can tune in again next time. Thank you.